Bill Jack is an educator, a biblical worldview trainer, a dad, and a grandfather. He has spent his life raising his family, defending the faith, and promoting a Christian worldview. Bill has appeared on numerous national radio and television programs and is the producer of several apologetic and worldview training DVDs. He is a founder of Worldview Academy and a dear friend of mine. And today he's talking all things related to culture, including the Barbie movie and why he thinks you may want to go take a look at it. You guys are going to love this episode. This is Heidi St. John, and you have found me at the Off the Bench podcast. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So my friend, Bill, welcome back to the show. It is so, so delightful to be here. Always, always. Well, it's good to see you. I am, of course... Your super fan out here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, the, the and in the mail for that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I owe you several months back pay for being my friend, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, the I'm the one who owes the back pay. But I, I got to tell you, I want to jump into this because you, my friend, so we, we've been friends for a long time, but we really connected more when I was running for Congress, you were running for the state house. Right. Uh, we both, uh, first time running, neither one of us got elected. I'm sitting this one out. You are not, you're running again. Bill Jack in Colorado running. Tell us, tell us about it. Tell us what you're doing. Yeah. House district 45. It's a, so it's a state, a state office. It's the representative office and the current rep who beat me out last time in the primary is now running. Boo. Yes, boo. Boo. She's now running for the open state Senate seat. So this seat is now open again. So I have decided to run once again. I do have an opponent and it's going to be the same kind of situation. Last time there was, there was about a quarter of a million dollars in dark money. In other words, money spent on behalf of my opponent by yep. outside groups, not through her campaign, but on behalf of her. And that is just incredible that they would spend that amount of money for a state rep seat. Mm -hmm. And the question is, you know, what did they get for that investment? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not that she's a terrible uh, Republican, but she's much more moderate than I. And um, I'm, I'm the conservative. I'm not, I'm not the conservative. I'm not, I'm not the better candidate. I'm the best candidate. That's right. Because That's right. I am not going to compromise on life, liberty, property rights, parental rights, and citizens' rights to defend all those rights. Yeah. That's the problem. And in Colorado, they, they've uh, recently, you may have heard this, but they recently, the state is now releasing wolves back into ranch land areas. I have. So what's the deal with that? Yeah. And th this is incredible because... Uh, one of the uh, spokesmen for the, the state parks and wildlife said, I realize that, you know, it's uh, it can be harmful and, and devastating to a rancher if he loses, you know, several calves or, or a few sheep. But in the big picture, in the big scheme of things, it's not going to damage ranching in Colorado. Well, tell that to the ranchers up in the north part of the, of the state yeah. who've lost 13 calves. He and his neighbors have lost 13 calves, Nan Gittleson, and several sheep, four working dogs, 
to two wolves that the state refuses to put down, knowing that these two wolves are the reason for the losses. Those mutilated animals are that rancher's livelihood. So don't tell me in the big scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem. In Colorado, that's just indicative of the overreach of the state in its jurisdiction because the state is now releasing wolves in sheep's clothing in other jurisdictions, for example, in education. They, they are mutilating the innocence of students. They're, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are debilitating parental rights. Mm-hmm. And they are destroying and devastating the innocence. And they've been doing this to students intellectually and morally for years. And now we're seeing the sexual mutilation physically of students yep. because of democratic policies that need to put down. These ravenous wolves need to be put down. Yep. yep. And in every area. In every area. So, so the issue of jurisdiction is a big deal. Who has the yep. right to speak law where? We are in a state that is controlled by the Democrats. And so people always say, well, why are you running? You can't make a difference. Well, I can stand up and say, no, I can stand up and tell my constituents, here's what's happening. If we don't get the moral issues correct, we don't get those issues right, right to life, right to parental rights, property rights, liberty, and your right to defend them, then the economic policies don't really matter, do they? Yeah. That's why I'm running. Yeah. God just told me, go push on the rock again. <laughs> he didn't tell me to move the rock. He just said, push on it. <laughs> so you know. it's up to him to move it. So we'll see what happens. I, I'm, um, I'm not running for me. I'm running because my, my grandkids are soon to move back into Colorado from Texas. Yeah. And that's one reason I'm running. It's for them. That's the best reason. It's not for my my kids, they're adults. It's yeah. my grandkids. So there are a lot of people who are obviously, you know, Trump, as Trump does, sucking the oxygen out of the room, you know, everywhere he goes. And so people are fixated, of course, on the on the national election is Nikki Haley, you know, Nikki Haley, who doesn't have a snowball's chance in in anywhere of, of beating him. And she's July still in the in race. Texas, yeah. That's right. She's yeah. still in the race, but she's obviously not going to be the person. Trump's going to be the nominee. Uh, and people are talking about the federal races, but I have been saying, you know, for a long time, even though I ran for a federal seat, you want to know what's killing our local jurisdictions. It's the local, uh, it's the local races. It's the state houses. It's your city council. It's who's sitting on your school board. You want to know why your cities are rotting from the inside out. The federal government's ruining us in a lots of ways, right? The, the, the border, uh, federal taxes on their head. They've got their nose in education, got their nose in healthcare. But if we want to talk about what affects people on their everyday life, it is these local races and they just don't get enough press, especially in uh, in a federal election year, especially with a presidency on the ballot like we've got this year. How are you getting the message out to people to pay attention to the local races? Because that's going to be the challenge right now. Well, I think that there are uh, issues that that my opponent, for example, and and 
well, moderate Republicans, if you will, or those who are establishment Republicans don't want to touch. They don't want to touch the right. issue of abortion. They don't want to touch the issue of life. They want to do not want to touch the issue of transgenderism and the and the uh, sexual mutilation of children. Yeah. But those are the issues that resonate with parents. Those are the issues that resonate with Christians. And we need to get that message out. You know, yeah. here in Colorado, our property taxes are, are just going skyrocketing astronomically. Oh, Washington State. Also, You can yeah. never own your house. Yes. You can never truly own your house. Yeah. Awful. And, and so people are all upset about that. But once again, if we don't get those moral issues and spiritual issues answered properly, these other issues aren't going to matter in the long run, in yeah. the big scheme of things, as that, as that one spokesman said. Yeah, it's true. Well, the culture, obviously, I mean, you and I have talked about this a lot, but the culture's on fire right now. I mean, we, yeah. you, you know, you ask somebody that's coming in, you know, coming out of our uh, woke university right now, what is a woman? And they can't give you a straight answer because we've decided that absolute truth doesn't matter anymore. This is what you've spent a lifetime doing uh, over at Worldview Academy. I want to, we're going to get into the movies here in just a second, but I want to ask you about Worldview Academy because this is the time of year when people start looking ahead to the spring and the summer months and you guys have an awesome program and I'm a super fan as you well know. Tell, tell us a little bit about Worldview Academy and what you guys got going on. Well, thank you, Heidi. Worldview Academy is a Christian leadership training program for students 13 to 18. And it's mainly in camps throughout the summer months, week-long camps. We start on Sunday evening and Friday at noon. But students are in class about 29 hours out of that week. It's an academic program. It's not a, a fun junkie camp. It's not a, a come get your unsaved friend safe camp. There are, yeah, cam yeah. There, there are programs for that. This is a leadership camp. So this is for students who who have professed their faith and are serious about their faith and they want to make a difference in the culture. And so we train them in three areas, in worldviews, in evangelism and apologetics, and then in servant leadership skills. But it's not merely sit them in the classroom and pop their heads open and pour information in. We train them and then we take them out on Wednesday afternoon, wherever we are, and we do these camps all over the country. Wherever we are, we have take students out and have them share their faith on a college campus or a downtown area. That 45-minute evangelism practicum transforms camp. They're, they're getting a lot of truth between Sunday and Wednesday. Yeah. But when they, when they hit the bricks, when they hit the campus and they start engaging in conversation, that's when grace kicks in. So we say it's truth and grace, truth and grace. They come back and they go, wow, you know, I, 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 I talked to an atheist. I talked to a Buddhist. I talked to somebody who was totally woke and, and I couldn't answer their questions. I need this. Or they, they've given the gospel clearly and they've seen somebody, you know, reject it and it breaks their heart. So they see, they fumble through the gospel and they see somebody trust Christ and they realize it's not them. It's the Holy Spirit. It's yeah. It's the Holy Spirit. And they come back yeah. and they go, I need this. That 45 minute practicum transforms camp. It is the most popular of the, the events that we do throughout the week. And it's the most frightening for most of them. Many of them have not been out in that setting before. I would say that's yeah. almost every Christian right now. Well, I don't like doing it. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do the training often, which means then I, I have to go out because I can't 
I can't bail on them. I, yeah, I'd, right, much, right, I, right. I'd much rather do my laundry, you know, than go out witnessing. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, it's kind of risky, right? I mean, it is. If you, you know, you don't know, and especially in the culture right now, you know, what kind of a reception are you going to get? What What are people going to say? I mean, you take somebody onto the streets of downtown Portland, for example, and you start asking questions like that. I mean, you could get your head knocked off. You just right. don't know. And the the climate is hostile toward the things of the Lord. I mean, if you if you look at what's happening in our public schools, for instance, they're not going after, you know, Islam. No. They're taking direct aim at Christianity. They're taking direct aim at the only thing that actually carries with it true authority and true power, which is the name of Jesus. Yes. And uh, when you take these kids out onto the street, they get to see it. Where can people find out about Worldview Academy? It's just worldview.org. And so worldview.org, and you can you can sign up for camp. There's there are camps close to you. We do them all over the country so that it takes the cost of travel out of the camp cost. And and no one gets paid from camp except uh, our executive director and and a registrar. So everybody who teaches either volunteers their time or raises their own support, including our college staff. So we keep it wow. we keep it as as lean and as affordable as we possibly can so yeah. that parents can take advantage of what we have to offer. And and students come back multiple years. It's not just a one and done for most of them. Probably 80% of our students return for a second and even a third year because we rotate faculty. We have teams and we rotate our teams so that returning students to say in, in Corbin University at Salem, uh, or at uh, in in uh, Seattle, at our camp in Seattle, that returning students will get a new batch of faculty. They're going to hear the same emphasis on those three areas, but from different perspectives from our faculty. And our faculty are are really good because these are guys who have content and what I call kid skills. Okay, they're able to communicate to students but they're not going to water down or dumb down the content. Yes, we're, we're going to put the cookies, the, the, the cookie jar on the lowest shelf possible so that it's accessible, but we're not going to change the recipe. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, we're dealing with tough issues. We're dealing with the issue of identity sexually. We're dealing with the issue of, of what does scripture say as opposed to the so-called philosophy of science, the model of evolution. You know, how are we as Christians to respond when somebody in a position of authority says, you can't speak here, you can't meet here, you can't pass out literature here? How is a Christian you, to respond? Did you have that happen in a park? Oh, all the time, yes. Yeah. All the time. And, we, you know, how, how are you to respond out on a campus when you do get pushback? We train students how to ask questions, how to think critically, and then how to ask questions conversationally to make it a conversation, not a confrontation. Yeah. And so. it's, a, it's a skill that, it's a skill that uh, I think is needed now more than ever because we've devolved into lobbing bombs at each other off, uh, you know, across the, across the interwebs, right? And then we can't right. have a conversation. I saw this when I was running for Congress. And it's, it's completely true that, that our kids need to know. And frankly, the parents need to know, you should do a worldview for grownups. You really well, should. Well, we actually Think do. about it. We do. We do. do we, yeah. We do weekends at churches. We often get the question, Hey, can we do one of these camps for adults? And the answer is yes, but I don't think adults can stand the intensity of it. <laughs> okay? So, so we do it in a weekend. We do uh, Friday night, Saturday, 
at churches in the area. Two or three churches will band together and host a, a Christianity and culture conference. And two or three yep. of the guys will come in and uh, it's for families. So we get to speak to adults as well as students, but families, parents get to see what worldview can offer to their student in a full-blown week-long camp. And so we, we love to do those. It, it's great. We just show up in big boy clothes rather than camp gear. <laughs> and we don't change our content. It's the same content. So parents get to see exactly what we're teaching to students. And then they can say, oh, this is what I need. I've had parent after parent come up to me after a weekend and say, I want this for my student. And they also come up and they say, if I knew what this was, I would have invited more friends. Because, yeah, you know, when yeah. you say worldview, that's that's not a that's not a, a sexy <laughs> conference. Right. You know, it, it's not how to how to how to fix your finances. It's not, it's not bringing sexy back. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not how to fix your finances in a weekend or how to save your family, you know, in five days. You know, it's it's. It's, it doesn't have the snap, but but it's most needed in our culture, even more so now, because of the tribalism, the divide that we see, oh, yeah, and yeah. the difficulty that Christians have in proclaiming truth and grace in the culture. So yeah, uh, you know, it's so it's so good. And you're taking you know you're taking ordinary things that are happening around these students, and you're teaching them to distill it through the through the lens of the Word of God so that whatever comes out on the other side of that, they can go, oh, this is truth. And that's really what's in the crosshairs right now, right? It's it's truth. It's trying to get uh, trying to get past all of the garbage that's coming at us from woke ideology and everything else. Speaking of woke ideology, you went and saw the Barbie movie. You got to turn in your man card. Oh. What in the world? What in the world, Bill Jack? What what the heck is going on? Does Mike Ferris know you went and saw the Barbie movie? I, I didn't just see it once. I saw it Does twice. Does Ken Ham know? Oh, <laughs> I boy. saw it twice. And you're right. Uh, the first time I saw it, it was a matinee, and I thought nobody's going to be in the theater. But what, groups of women came in, okay? I'm the only guy <laughs> in the theater. Well, I, I get a big, big drink, soft drink. And, and about halfway through the movie, it's a long movie, Nature Calls. I have to get up and walk in front of all these women, go to the bathroom. And so I just took out my man card, shredded it, and made it confetti. You know? But I went back and saw it twice. That's the impact of this film. Now, we do a movie night at camp where we take either clips of films or yeah. for alumni, they'll watch a feature-length film, and then they'll unpack it from a worldview perspective. I can never do Barbie for a movie night at camp. There, there's just too much in it that is is objectionable for that age group. And this movie was pitched especially to young women and young oh, yeah. girls. Oh, yeah. Because well, it resonated. The, because, yes. And it is one of the most powerful worldview films out there, but it's one of the most evilly deceptive films. So there's a warning. Okay, there's a warning that goes with this. When we're talking about this, it's not a film that you should take your daughters to. It's not a film that you should even recommend to people. But if you are a mature Christian and you want to understand where the culture is and how the culture is being influenced, yep. this yep. is one of the most powerful films out there. It starts off, I mean, the, the, the premise, of course, is that Barbie, the doll, lives in her own universe, but there is a glitch in time, a tear in the in the fabric that makes her come into the real world, into the human world. She has to fix the human world. And 
uh, it starts off and it's just a perfect world. You know, she floats down from her, her little doll house and she's driving around in her convertible, just like, it sounds like my life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's, then there's this, there's this problem because she's having a party, you know, and, and then she, in the middle of it, she says, has anybody ever thought about death? And it's one of those shocking moments where everybody freezes and then she says, oh, never mind. And they go back to the party. Well, it to the problem is that death has entered into the Barbie world. This whole movie is about narcissism and nihilism. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's narcissism and nihilism. It's all about me. And Ken is just an afterthought. Okay. He's just there to, to compliment, but not compliment, not complete Barbie. He's just the boyfriend. And his identity is all wrapped up in her. Okay. There's, there, it, this film is so rich. Now, it's up for several Academy Awards, including Best Film. Best I know, it's shocking actor. to me. Yeah. I'm looking I'm looking at the list right now. So Barbie, kind of funny. I mean, Barbie is up for Best Picture. Of course, I hate the Oscars. And I'm not yeah. trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but like I quit watching a long time ago. The Academy Awards make me actually sick. Right. But I think it's just kind of funny to see Barbie's up there with Killers of the Flower Moon and Oppenheimer. Yep. And Poor Things and American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall. And some of these movies are just total garbage on their face. But it's interesting that it got nominated for uh, for Best Picture. I, I was kind of shocked by that. But I think the reason why must be that it's resonated so well with audiences. It, it's, it, has, it has the most, I think it's the most uh, grossing film not the most gross film, but the most grossing film <laughs> that's been been out in a while. I think it's even top maybe Avatar as far as its its uh, take. As, yeah, it's as, kind as of amazing. Profitability. They're nominated for two uh, uh, best original songs. What was I made for? And uh, I'm just Ken. Yep. Uh, fascinating stuff. The uh, best supporting actress, you know, America Ferrera, of course. Uh, and and I, I'm just looking at this going. Okay, best adapted screenplay, best supporting actress, best movie, best song. Uh, this movie hit a chord. It really struck a chord. And a couple of my adult children went to see it and actually were amused by it. They loved it. They were just like, you know, but they could come back and go, yeah, you can totally see the woke ideology. You can see, I mean, I heard from my son-in-law, you know, the narcissism and that kind of thing in it. But I believe, and it just because I haven't gone to see it, you know, uh, neither has Jay, because you know, unlike you, Bill, Jay still has his man card. Uh, but I'm wondering. I'm security in my. I'm secure in my manhood. You see, know? now I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> I, I so, was going to wear a pink shirt today. 
you well you look at i mean i i do the i did my bright pink I saw, nails yeah. see yeah. yeah i mean i could, I could have i could have done that maybe you yeah. could have done that yeah and i mean in this culture people have been like yeah. i we applaud you 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 know getting in touch with your feminine side you, you, you know you really you, came you, away you mentioned the 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 song as best it's best yeah. song a couple of them yeah and the song that you said is uh, one of the lines is I'm not sure what I was made for what was I made for I don't know how to feel mm. and it's Billie Eilish okay oh gosh he, yes so I mean she's they amazing have every, yeah they have everything in this they brought all the pieces together they have a trans Barbie in this as one of the characters because why not. Why yeah. not? Ryan Gosling probably deserves the the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. He did an amazing job. And the the whole thing, the song about Ken Enough or Kenuff, I am Kenuff, it's all about identity. This yep. movie is about what defines you. And that's that's a worldview issue. There are two questions that frame one's worldview. What's the nature of God and what's the nature of man? This film addresses both of those the question of what happened have you ever thought about death mm-hmm. and barbie meets her creator okay she meets the woman who actually made the doll and they have a conversation which is really fascinating and when barbie goes into the real world they want to get they want to get the universe back right so the 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 uh, executives at Mattel are, are rattled by what's happening and they've got to, they've got to write the universe. And so they, they tell Barbie, they bring her into the office and they say, get back in the box, you know, the box where the doll is. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a, that's a just, it's not subliminal. That's a direct attack. This is a feminist movie. Okay? Yep. Absolutely true. Yeah. And, and get back in the box, you know, telling all the executives are men, right? And so they tell her, get back in the box. And she, of course, doesn't. And she's the, she's the hero. Um, it's all, uh, it, 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 everything that we stand for that have been founding principles in this nation, mm-hmm. as well as biblical principles, are undermined either subtly or directly by this film. And it is it is an incredible film. Uh, the the creator of Barbie tells her, "Hey, look, uh, you know, this is this is the way things are. You live and then you die, and that's it. Nihilism. Nihilism. It's all there. Uh, the idea that that nobody likes Barbie. Okay? That's the new feminism." You know, Barbie could be anything. Barbie thinks, oh, I can be anything. There's astronaut Barbie. There's Senator Barbie. There's there's dentist Barbie. You know, there's 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 all these different Barbies. Every one of them is named Barbie in the Barbie world. And but she can be anything she wants to be. But death invades even the Barbie world. That's the elephant in the room that has to be answered. What happens when you die? That's a question that should be asked by Christians in casual conversation with people, but is it's the elephant in the room that we avoid because we don't want to talk about it. Right. And it, it is, again, nihilism and narcissism reign in this movie. Ken identifies his whole identity is wrapped up in Barbie. And finally she says, 
you, you know, you're not defined by the car you drive. You're not defined by by me. You're not defined. You are enough. And so he sings this this song and wears a T-shirt that says, "I'm I'm enough." Okay. <laughs> so again, it's the whole idea that we have to self-identify. It's reinforcing all of this this identity that is cut loose from a biblical worldview. Students today are on a sea of opinions with a million options and no compass to guide them. Yeah, so true. And that is so sad. She says, he said, he says to Barbie, he said, I only exist in the warmth of your gaze. And she says to him, you need to figure out who you are. You are not your girlfriend. You're not your house. You're kin. And then he sings this great song, Kin is Me. Okay? I am Kenuff. There's no relationship to the Creator yeah. other than the Creator saying, Life is pointless. You have, to, you have to define yourself. Is that not the message sent to students today yep. and to children? Yep. Okay. And it's, it's, it, the whole thing is about the meaning of life. It starts out with a parody of the 2001 Space Odyssey. Remember where the apes in 2001 are smashing the skulls? Well, these little girls are playing with these, these, you know, dolls that are baby dolls. And then Barbie appears as this huge monolithic Barbie. And suddenly the little girls look at her and they take the baby dolls and they start smashing them. That is just... It's feminism oh, to the max. The one thing is that, you know, you can be anything you want to be. You, you can be a mama if you want to be. You can play mama for a while. Okay. And then the, the lines are, well, you know, Barbie's being played with. We're all being played with. Okay. It's just, it, it really is all about fear versus mm-hmm. faith. Because Barbie becomes anxious and she has to go set the world right. So who does she go see in the Barbie world? She sees the weird Barbie. The weird Barbie that's been had had, you know, makeup put on her and and posed in different, you know, positions, you know. You know, little girls will take and they'll twist the dolls, right? Oh, I know. I played with Barbies. There you go. And that's <laughs> weird Barbie. Well, it turns yeah. out the weird Barbie is played by a, a uh a lesbian actress. And that comes across in the film that weird Barbie is not regular Barbie. And then there's the trans Barbie. And they they talk about sexualized capitalism. And, and at one point, one of the underling executives at Mattel, when they're, when they're doing this song says, well, I, I'm a man with no power. Does that make me a woman? The message is feminism. Okay. It's not that you are defined by your creator, that you have value and worth because you are the image of the creator. Now, that's a good question. What does that mean to be? It doesn't say we bear the image of the creator. It says in scripture that we are the image of the creator. What does that mean? Well, you know, how are we the image of the creator? It's not that he's physical. What does that mean? Well, if I went to France as as a representative of the United States, I would be called an ambassador. I would have all of the power and authority 
of the United States in France. I would be the United States in France. Right? Right. We are the image of the creator. Now I'm not going I'm not going Mormon here, okay? But watch we it. yeah, watch it. But we <laughs> are we have the authority of our creator and we don't act like it. We don't act like it. We mm. retreat and cower from culture when we should be advancing on culture. We should be as creative as as the writers and producers of this film in getting our message out. We should be creative in proclaiming truth and grace in the political arena, Mm -hmm. in the business area. We should not let the world define the terms. We are to be speaking the language of our King and creator. Yeah. I I often have students, uh, I have conversations with students and uh, we talk about why certain words are acceptable in polite company for certain bodily functions, whereas certain other words are not acceptable in polite company. I mean, I can say the word defecate or urinate from the pulpit and not nobody would be offended. Mm-hmm. If I use the other words for those right. bodily functions, they're going to run me out of, out of the church on a rail. It's a true story. Yeah. Now, there's a prohibition in Scripture against taking God's name in vain, using God's name loosely. But why do we have certain words that are acceptable and not acceptable? Well, it goes back to the Battle of 1066 in Hastings, where the Normans, the French, defeated the Anglo-Saxons, the English. And so the Normans, the French, ascended to the throne. They became the kings and queens, the court of England. If you wanted to be acceptable, accepted at the court, you learned to speak French. That was the official language. That was the language of the court. If you spoke Anglo-Saxon, that was considered to be common, or the Latin word for that is vulgar. Now, if you look at the words that we consider to be acceptable in polite company for bodily functions, they all have, they all come from French, the French. They have French etymology. The words that we use that are not acceptable in polite company, their etymology comes from the Anglo-Saxon. Naturally. Now, it's interesting when somebody curses, what do they normally say if, if they want, if they feel terrible about it? They say, pardon my French. French. They should be saying, pardon my Anglo-Saxon. We have been trained to use the common language, the vulgar language. We should be training our our students and we should be training our people in the pews to speak the language of the king Mm, everywhere in all aspects of culture. So why did I train my, my children not to use vulgar, common words? because I want them to speak the language of the king. Mm. We need to be doing that throughout culture. We have, we have accepted the culture's language. And you and I have talked about this repeatedly before, how we've accepted the common language rather than returning to our biblical roots. 
yeah. where we speak the language of the king. Barbie and, and movies like that are very clever in training us to see the world differently. This is this is a fantastic worldview movie. And one of the things that, that she emphasizes is that Barbie has this anxiety. And it's anxiety, and it's and the creator describes it as fear without a specific object. Does that not describe our culture today? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. And and the then the and the state, if you will, has used fear to control us. We are an anxious people. But if you say, what are you, what are you frightened of? They can't really define it. Mm-hmm. So death, frightened of death. Okay. Uh, or my identity. I have to decide who I am. We live in a constant state of anxiety and fear, but God has not given us a spirit of fear. Yep. He's given us a spirit of love, discipline, and a sound mind. We are to think God's thoughts after him in economics, in history, in art, in literature, in music, in philosophy, we, we, in, in politics, in law and government. Uh, who was it? A great, great uh, British author, mystery stories. She said, the dogma is the drama. Oh. Okay, the dogma is the drama. That is so true. Oh, I can't remember her name. Uh, but that, that is so true about this movie, Barbie. The dogma is the drama. If if I can, there are funny parts in this movie, and humor is a tool that that good speakers you use it. I use it when I when I speak, and and it 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 helps communicate. But you have to be cautious if you're in it's the audience. Of, it's because you let your guard down. Exactly. That's what humor does. A good speaker knows how to use humor because you use it to kind of soften up the audience. And right about the time they're laughing, then you come and you just, you lob a zinger over the fence. Yeah, because you lower their resistance. You lower the barrier. Yeah. And then I can slip something in yeah. if I'm being deceptive. Yeah. If I'm being Boy, deceptive. that's a great way to, yeah. to describe what they've done. And, and they've done it so cleverly with, with films. And this is an example of that. So yeah. uh, the whole issue is, who am I? What happens when I die? Who's my creator? Okay. What's the purpose or meaning of life? Yep. And all of those questions are in are part of the fabric of this film, but they've wrapped it so cleverly and they give the opposite answer in, to every one of those questions from what scripture does. So it's, it's just a great worldview film in so many ways. I can't recommend that you go see it unless you're a mature Christian and you recognize that, hey, this is going to be offensive in many ways. Um, but if you want to be able to talk to the culture, okay, then the, that's, what, that's what worldview does. It takes what's around us and filters it, as you said, so that we can see, I'll keep this. I'll reject this. Yeah. Movies, are, movies are very interesting because Christians have one of two responses to films. Okay? I, when I grew up, my grandmother was Pentecostal, and they didn't go to movies. Okay? Movies were evil. Okay, don't go. Don't go. Interesting though, if the movie was out for a number of years and it came on TV, she would watch it. Okay, so it wasn't going to the movies. Isn't that interesting? It wasn't the movie itself. It was going to the theater. 
Yeah, yeah, Well, yeah. Christians have one or two responses to things. It's either, oh, I, I don't associate with that. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't drink and I don't chew and I don't go out with girls who do. Right. <laughs> As if you'd want to, right? I don't, I wouldn't want to. Okay. So, I don't, that, you know, that's, that's evil. That's taboo. Or it's only, a, it's only a movie. It doesn't have any impact on me. So Christians don't go to movies. We go to films. <laughs> films are spiritual. Movies That's are right. evil. Okay. Yeah. But we yeah. either have a knee-jerk reaction and, and people will get upset about what I'm saying about Barbie because they've gone to it. It's entertaining and they liked it. And they liked it. Movies, going to a movie is much like getting married. Okay. When I tell students that, the guys go, I'm never going to a movie again. But, <laughs> but if you were to say anything bad about my wife, I would be in your face. I'm going to knock you out. Yeah. Why? Because I've given my heart to my wife. Yeah. And you say anything bad, I'll defend her. Going to a movie is much the same. It has all of the elements that appeal not to your mind, but to your heart. It has the music, your emotions. it has the dialogue, it has, it has the, you know, the visual aspect. All of those appeal to your heart. And so we tend to feel our way through a movie. In fact, that's what the creator of Barbie tells her. She says, hold out your hands. And it's like that, that painting, the, the Da Vinci painting, yeah, where yeah. God is, is touching Adam's finger. Yes. That's the scene. And she reaches out and they hold hands and, and the creator okay, says, now feel, now mm. feel. No, don't that's think. not, no, don't think. That's not what <laughs> Christians do. Christians do not feel our way. We are to ingest the word of God and, and chew on it. Like a cow brings up its cud and chews on it. That's not a very pretty picture, but that's what we do. We, we bring to mind God's word and we meditate on it. We don't empty our minds. We don't go with our feelings. We are people who meditate on the word of God and then apply it in every aspect of culture. And mm -hmm. we have been lax in the churches in training Christians to do that. We make Christianity an emotionally based religion. It is well, not. If, if you had the opportunity, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of times parents just were looking back now and you, and you kind of scratching your head, like how that happened. Well, we either, we've, we've taken one of two approaches. We either just ignore it altogether and we just don't engage because we don't chew, we don't smoke, we don't go with girls who do whatever. And the other side is that we just ingest things and we don't, we don't, uh, we, we detach from our faith, you know? So you watch a movie and you like the Barbie movie and you just, you can't see the spiritual implications in it because after all, you're just there to have a good time. But if we were to, to teach our kids, and this is what Worldview Academy does, and hopefully it's what Christian parents are doing, teach your kids to filter everything through the grid of scripture. That way, when you see something that comes out at, at you, you can go, oh, hey, I see what this is. Oh, hey, you know, oh, hey, that's narcissism. Oh, hey, that's feminism. And you start to see the undertones. And that's what's so important about what you guys are doing at Worldview Academy. Bill, Jack, it is always, always a delight to have you. Oh, it's and, very, uh, great to be here. And, and you brought up something really, really interesting because we've had parents come to us at, at, you know, and talk to us about their, their students' experience at camp. And they will often say, you have ruined family movie night for my family. That's right. 
and then they, and then they and then they say thank you. Yeah, they yeah. say we have watched movies together as a family, and our students who've gone to Worldview Academy will say, "Stop the film. Did you see what was there?" Yes, and they yeah. have conversations. That's what we want to do. We want to spoil the world's influence. We don't want to retreat. We don't want to retreat from the world. We want to advance on the world. I love it. We don't want to suppress bad ideas. I want to destroy bad ideas because bad ideas, ideas have consequences. Good ideas, excellent consequences. Bad ideas, victims. And I'm tired of seeing our students be victims. This has implications everywhere. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I know that uh, as the culture, as it, things get a little bit, a little bit crazier, and they are. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy in the political realm right now. It's absolutely insane what's happening in our schools. And God's people are here for such a time as this, and we need to equip our kids. It's so great to have you. Uh, can you stick around for a few minutes because sure. I've got a couple of listener questions to throw at you for happy hour. <laughs> so this will be a lot of fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a couple of questions from the uh, the mailbox Monday queue to throw at you for happy hour, and this will be fun. Uh, yes. So that's what I'm gonna do. Are you ready? Are you game? Are you up? Uh, I'm Are gonna you have down? To have a stiff drink of water for this one. All right. What's good, Chief? We'll come back in just a minute. Thanks for coming on today. Oh, thanks for having me. If you guys want more information on my friend Bill Jack and Worldview Academy, head on over to HeidiStJohn.com and click on the show notes. I will have those links for you in the show notes today or just head on over to worldview.org. It's a fantastic program. My kids have gone through it. You guys are going to be blessed. If you are a subscriber to the Heidi St. John Show, stick around because my friend is going to come back for a happy hour and I'm going to throw some of your listener questions at him and see how well he handles it on the fly. You guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, I've got an awesome opportunity for you women coming up at the Faith That Speaks conference. We're going to learn how to shine in a dark world. That is March 1 and 2 this year coming right up, you guys. Registration for that is open right now. And my friend Phil Gunger is going to be here for Laughter Way to a Better Marriage, February 16th and 17th. Come on out and give your marriage a tune-up and laugh along the way. You guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture. 